0: We are telling on ourselves to better ourselves. We do not represent or are we affiliated with Alcoholics Anonymous. We're simply here to share our experience, strength, and hope to get us through another day. And through that, hopefully, we might be able to help someone else. Hi, everybody. I'm Lynn.
1: I'm Bree. I'm
2: Vicki.
0: And we're telling on ourselves.
2: Telling, 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 telling.
0: <laughs> we got a new little rap thing started, or we're trying to that start. That doesn't
2: sound very <laughs> happy, though. It's
1: definitely going to be a jingle. I'm really looking forward to when we accept it, and it becomes an official intro. Yes. A mingle
0: jingle. It will. for For we're not near the freestyle yet. We're getting there. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's kind of fun, though. So. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Telling on Ourselves and as always we're going to start off with
2: First Thought thought Wrong wrong.
1: and I win the First Thought Wrong today. I've been holding it in all week (laughs) and telling this story to everyone pretty much that I come across because it's hilarious. I think it is at least. So that being said, get it. Dave was out of town on a business trip last, it was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Who's Dave? Dave is my boyfriend. My boyfriend, my sexy boyfriend. (laughs) Did he give you permission to use his name? Hey Dave, he did. Hey Dave, this one's for you. Wink, wink. So he was out of town and while he was out of town, I bought a little vape, an Enjoy. It's this little black vapey thing. It fits in my pocket it has a nice <laughs> hit to it and i bought all these little cartridges for it it was great and i knew he wouldn't approve of it so i was being secretive and definitely not honest by having it and so he came home friday and everything was great and i got into my comfy cozy pjs and left my jeans right on the ground because i'm a slob and he picked them up to fold them up and out falls the vape and he picks it up. And my first thought was tell him it's a USB charger or a flash drive. And I was about to say that those words were almost out of my mouth until he pulled it apart. And he said, cool menthol because it said cool menthol on the cartridge. It has the flavor on the cartridge. So I had a cool menthol one and a watermelon twist one. And so he, he's looking at it and I couldn't lie. I I couldn't lie at that point. What am I going to tell him? That it's a cool menthol USB flash drive? Um, Needless to say, we had a very long discussion after that about my lungs and my health and keeping secrets and lying by omission. So my higher power did not let me lie because that's what I really wanted to do. Um, That was my crutch. For those couple of days, and I mean, I was using it all the time, Mm -hmm. like in the bathroom at work. When the cat's away. When the the cat's away. So I am really working hard on praying for the willingness to relieve me of the obsession to, you know, smoke and the nicotine addiction right now is strong and it's alive and roaring through me. Gotcha. It's kind of got me right now. So praying for the willingness for the obsession to smoke to be relieved because the vape is a no-go. The vape got shut down. (laughs) I thought, and my alcoholic thinking was... Oh, like he's not going to taste it. He's not going to smell it. <laughs> this is a perfect solution. Win-win for him. Win-win for me.
0: And, and you didn't factor in the dishonesty part. Oh,
1: man, it blew up in my face. Yeah. And when it, I heard it fall out of my <laughs> pants as he was picking them up. And you're like, not As soon as I heard it hit the ground, yeah. my heart dropped. That's how you know that you are not living honestly, is that pit in your stomach. Yeah. So, but yeah, first thought wrong was tell him it's a USB drive, and then um, first thought right. Well, I don't know if there was a first thought right. He kind of figured it out, and then <laughs> my brain was like, "Well, now you have to tell him."
0: Yep. <laughs> Isn't it funny though that you weren't even allowed by the universe to, to have that little charade for any amount of time? No, like as soon as he got home, it as was soon over. as he did.
1: And the worst part about it was when I took off my pants and I laid him on the ground. I well, I threw him on the ground. I thought to myself, I should really fold those up because I know my vape is in there. And <laughs> he's the kind of person who will pick up anything that I leave laying around out of just mm-hmm. niceness and neatness. And so I, I did have the thought that if he picks that up, there's a great chance that this the, the um, vape is not light. It's pretty heavy, so it's not just going to sit in my pocket. Sure. And That's a little bit of self-sabotage. It was a little bit. Yeah. Or maybe God said, hey, you've been praying for the willingness, so... <laughs>
2: Whether you like it or not. There you
1: go. So, anyways, it was funny. And
2: uh, he forgave me, though,
1: because he's just that amazing.
2: Uh, Ah, Well, today's subject that we have discussed, or that we will be discussing, is meetings. Why we go to meetings. We we thought this would be a good topic, and we each have three reasons that we're going to go through of what we think. And my first reason... Of going to meetings at the beginning, number one reason is because that's what they told me to do. They who? They, the people at the tables, the other people that were actually successfully right. sober and seemed to be a lot happier than I.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Yeah. And it worked. So they did do one reason. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to do a round robin. I wasn't really sure about our system here. Um, so my reason was the same as Vicky's. It was because I was told to. When I finally reached out for help um, to a friend, she went to that first meeting with me, sat beside me, held my hand while I cried. And everybody came up after the meeting, so we did First Step meeting, and kept saying, keep coming back, keep coming back. And I'm like, well, that's, of course, I made it this far, of course I'm going to. Little did I realize how hard it would be in the beginning to keep coming back. And that, that really surprised me how hard it
2: was. Well, for me, ironically, it wasn't hard to keep coming back. Um, I don't know why either, mm-hmm. mostly because... I think I felt a sense of that quiet, Yeah. but I cried the whole time. (laughs) Quiet crying.
0: Well, I know. I'll add an addendum. So that first meeting that I went to, I relapsed many times after that. So that's why it was so hard for me to keep coming back because I wasn't ready. And once I was ready, then, yes, I I wanted to go because I knew I needed it. It's not that I really wanted to be at the meeting, but I knew I needed it. Does that make sense? Yes. To differentiate, yeah.
2: Yeah. So I'm going to rewind and say that the first time I went to a meeting, I went for two months, and and then I didn't come back, and I didn't want to go to any of those meetings. So I guess you're right. It was Mm -hmm. the first time I came back that I was ready. Yeah. Awesome. And then my reason – when I,
1: started, when I first started going to meetings, was for accountability. I have two parents who are sober and have used the program to get and stay sober. So their suggestion, so kind of like you, Vicki, uh, people suggested it to you, the suggestion was go to meetings. Also, I had a lot of trust to rebuild and I was living at home with my parents. So <laughs> it was an accountability thing. I had to show them that I was serious about my sobriety And if I didn't go to meetings, I wasn't going to have a place to live. So kind of selfishly going to meetings to keep a roof over my head, but also taking the suggestion from people who had been sober before, that accountability piece, and trying to build trust with my parents.
0: I have a question for you. So when you first started, you were basically going because you were trying to make other people happy. Were you resentful?
1: No, I wasn't. I had a lot of pain from the Mm -hmm. DUI, and so it was actually a relief at first to not be figuring out where the next party was trying to meet up with my weed dealer, you know? <laughs> so it, it was actually a lot. Of, I did have a lot of peace and serenity mm-hmm. when I first got sober and I did not resent it at all. I just wanted, I yeah. felt a lot of shame and guilt from what had happened uh, legally. And the, so yeah, no, I wasn't resentful. I wanted yeah. to be away from the situations and the the
2: substances that had caused me pain. Awesome. The cool part about Bree's story is that since she didn't have her license and her parents were adamant, <laughs> they didn't drive her either. Well her dad did sometimes. Yes. But you were still, I mean, you got on your rollerblades, and you rode bike. your bike, <laughs> you got rides from people. I mean yeah. I can totally see you on the immersion. No, oh, I would show
1: up to the to the meetings sweaty and People, are you okay? Yeah, I just rode my bike seven miles. You know. (laughs) I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing. You know, there was a lot of serenity talking about meditation and peace. That bike path between my house and the meeting, it was a seven-mile bike ride. And when you're making that bike ride at 7 o'clock in the morning, Mm -hmm. beautiful. I would see deer, bunnies, squirrels, birds, and just the peace of it all. Mm -hmm no not a sound except chirping birds within a mile. You know? know, and
0: that's not a coincidence. Nope.
1: It was definitely time, t-
0: some peace. Clear yeah. my mind and focus awesome. on what was ahead
1: for the day and
0: I've never heard that
1: part of the story before. Yeah, I don't think about that a lot, mm-hmm. so I'm glad yeah that that came up. Revelation.
2: Revelation. <laughs> so my second reason is it's like someone said it in a meeting that going to meetings is like their medicine. So diabetics have insulin, you know, we all have our medication that we take, and going to meetings is has become like a multivitamin, right? And it keeps me in the right mind frame and the right place to stay sober with my fellows. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a good analogy. That's a good... I
2: like it. I like the vitamin, The vitamins. Mm-hmm. The vitamins.
1: The vitamins. If you're from the UK, you say vitamins. Have you had your vitamins today? <laughs> I
2: haven't gotten filled up. Aluminium. <laughs> aluminium. <laughs> Throw your aluminium cans away. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know what you were saying. It's a, it's a
0: of and, and they pronounce it not how it's spelled. That's what's really annoying to me. They put an extra I in there, which is really annoying. I tell David, my friend David, who's British, I tell him all the time, I'm like, you're not even pronouncing it with all the letters. It's, you're making up letters. Says
1: the person with the southern <laughs> accent.
0: I just add consonants. <laughs> um, oh, so my second reason... <laughs> is, so when I first started going to meetings, it was suggested to me to go to meetings. In my mind, my little belligerent, uh, still fighting the system, fighting, fighting the surrender is what I figured out, um, was I could not understand how just going to a meeting would make me want to stop drinking. Could not get it at all. Just, I was just completely obtuse about it, not going to go there, not going to surrender. And then when I'm sitting in the meetings, I started hearing people telling stories that were similar to mine. And when I say telling stories, really they're talking about their motivations, their feelings, their emotions for why they drank, why they couldn't stop drinking, and that's when it clicked with me. It's like, okay, I'm not alone in this crazy, that I have this, this crazy wheel spinning in my head with that little hamster that is just tireless. He will not stop. And I realized that to have people not only understand and empathize with me, but have something, something that's so similar shared, it, it really it, that helped me to start to accept what I was and to surrender because those were the big those were the really the big um, stopping gaps for me in the beginning and why I kept relapsing is because I wasn't ready to surrender and listening to stories really helped me get to that point
2: well and you finally for me you finally feel like you fit in right like yeah. you are in a place where people understand you where people tend to have similar thoughts that you do mm-hmm. and it's very uh, comforting. Reassuring. Yeah.
1: Well, and that was mentioned in a meeting that I went to is I can come here and share all of my effed up thinking and you guys nod your heads <laughs> and say, y'all, yup, yep. I think that way too. So that empathy you were talking mm-hmm. about, Lynn, in, in that regard. Um, for me, one, my second reason that I like to go to meetings is for friends and support. Mm-hmm. So When I got sober, I was really mourning the loss of friends that I wasn't, I knew would probably be a problem to hang out with, at least in the beginning of my sobriety because it would eventually trigger me to want to go back to drinking or smoking. So I figured, hey, I'm showing up to these meetings anyways I also saw that a lot of other people who had been in the rooms for years were friends with each other. So it wasn't just like, uh, oh, I'm going to come and use you for what I need for this hour and then walk away and see you next week. They had friendships outside of the program. And I knew that I would have a better chance staying sober if I had other sober friends and strong sober friends that would go to movies with me sober, that would go out. Dancing with me sober, not that we do a lot of that anymore. Now, now that I'm sober, right, it's not really one of the things that I love to do, funny enough. But just having friends, right? Movie night, girls' nights, celebrating your birthday without people drinking on your birthday.
2: Um, yeah, just friends and support mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. I, I wanted a, a posse. Well, it's such an important part of getting sober is that we and feeling that support that true support, and the accountability, not only to your parents, but I, I got to a point where I wanted to be accountable to my girls, mm-hmm. where I know when I've seen someone that would come in the rooms, stop coming in the rooms, I would always have that thought, like, are they okay? Right. What are we, and sometimes you don't see them for a while, and sometimes you do, and we, there was a gal that Oh, my goodness. I saw her recently. She had come back, and I thought, how do I know her? Did I go to high school with her? Mm-hmm. Did I? And then I realized it was someone from this other meeting I used to go to, and it was so amazing to see her back, and she's back and thriving. And That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Reason number three. Reason number three is because uh, what I hear a ton at the tables People that come back, like I was just talking mm-hmm. about, people that come back always say the reason that one of the major reasons why they think they drank was because they stopped going to meetings. And I believe it because when I have a week where I don't go to as many meetings or my thinking gets wonky. It's mm-hmm. that hamster wheel, in, that tireless hamster. That tireless hamster. <laughs> yeah, and I am truly afraid of relapsing. I don't want to go back to that way of life, and it never fails every single time someone said the first thing they say, I stopped going to so many meetings, or I stopped going to meetings altogether.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, because the lie, the alcoholic lie is that we can control and enjoy our drinking, and that's yeah. the lie that permeates all of our thinking unless we've worked the steps and we have a connection with our higher power and not to get preachy. But so yeah, when you're away from that mindset, those delusions come back raging and that tireless hamster gets thirsty and wants to get off the wheel eventually and have a drink.
0: (laughs) That little devil on your shoulder that's whispering all the time gets a lot louder when you're not hearing the other. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what that was. (laughs) That came out of my pocket. Ew. Uh, So... This is a beauty of talking about um, our motivations. Um, Dang it, (laughs) I keep saying that. (laughs) While they were talking, you know, my wheels are turning and I'm thinking about all these other cool things that I learn from everybody when I'm listening to them talk. And there's so many uh, little sayings and cliches that we have in meetings. Uh One of them is, though, close your mouth and open your ears. And especially in the beginning, instead of trying to fight it, um, I think that's what they meant. It's, it's not so much that you, they don't want you to share because what you have to say is just as valid. But instead of trying to fight it and talk over, listen. And that's a really big thing uh, that I keep trying to cultivate. Because, you know, when, when you're feeling very strongly about something, you want to jump in and you want to share. It's like, you know, you're vying for your attention to get your two cents in. Sometimes you just need to sit back and listen to it. The, my third reason is, like Vicky's as well, staying spiritually connected. And I do find that when I'm not going to meetings as often, that's when I start getting a little, I call it salty. I, people no. irritate me more quickly and all of that kind of stuff happens. And I have heard this many times. When you start going to meetings and you're early in sobriety, you go because you have to. You go because you need to. Eventually, you're going to go because you want to. And I remember when that happened with me. It's like I started looking forward to seeing my tribe. I was looking forward to sharing something that I needed to either work out that was a problem or it was something that was kind of exciting, like some breakthrough that I'd had, because both of those are equally welcomed. You know, there's, there's no right or wrong to what we share in a meeting, and That The beauty of that, that you're not going to be judged, that it's so completely unconditional, is irreplaceable.
2: And I think that the format, whoever developed it, whether it was Bill and Bob or Mm -hmm. the first 100, but the whole format of you speak, you have your time, no cross talk. Nobody gets to interrupt you, yeah. tell you how long or how short you can talk, or even if you have to talk. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, sometimes you just need to pass right. because you don't even know what to say. Right. Lynn, you're, I just think of your pink flamingo
1: signs. <laughs> That's right. She goes for and her neon. pink flamingo <laughs> sign sent to her from God. Neon signs. Neon signs. Yep. And then mine... Dovetailing off of what both of you ladies said is I feel that meetings, when I go to meetings and I'm really tuned in and I get Mm -hmm. the wax out of my ears and I sit still in my chair, I hear the message that I'm supposed to hear for whatever I'm going through for that week. And it's like a, yeah, the the neon neon signs, soulful messages though, right? Not just, I try not to just tune into the superficial problems or You know, If I do catch my mind floating into judgment to reel it back in, or if I find my mind uh, floating onto my own problems or worries for the day, reeling it back in so that I can tune into what my higher power is trying to tell me. And I have those aha moments where by the time it gets to my turn to speak, all I can say to the other women or whoever is, wow, I needed to hear that today. And take that away. Isn't that
0: cool that you... you At the beginning, all you're thinking about, especially for me, was composing what your share was going to be. It's like you're so (laughs) uptight about that. And then as you start to relax, you get used to the format. You get used to um, kind of being the center stage because there's a lot of self-consciousness. Even if you're like the most outgoing human in the world, when you're sharing stuff that's painful, you're going to be self-conscious. So once you kind of get past that and you understand that people are not judging, it is unconditional love and they're just there to listen You get past that, and then suddenly you realize that you're not composing your share. You're actually listening to what other people have to say, and then that's when your higher power really just zings in those messages, like my neon sign and and what exactly we needed to hear that day that that was troubling, that was so subconsciously hidden that we didn't even realize we needed to hear it sometimes.
2: Well, at the beginning, sometimes I wasn't worried about what I was composing. Sometimes it was just... I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't even hear people. I didn't, I didn't, you know, that's why those repetitive sayings for me in the beginning were so good. Meeting makers make it. Keep coming back. All that um, one day at a time, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, mm-hmm. all that helped me so much at the beginning because I couldn't focus. I couldn't. I couldn't comprehend all of it. And it was heavy, and it was... I just was never, not in a place to consume all the wisdom that was in the rooms, which is why now it's, it's so cool when you have those moments, when you have that, wow, thanks for sharing what you just shared.
1: Right. And sometimes there's only one message that's going to get through to you for that day and you are really caught up in thoughts of other things and then all of a sudden when you tune in, it's. The next thing out of someone's mouth is the thing you needed to hear. It's just, it's almost like creepy.
0: (laughs) The other thing that was a big turning point for me with meetings, uh, I started going to meetings in Kentucky and, not everyone is a, has a chance to share. Like here in Illinois.
1: Popcorn um, style, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like if you want to raise your hand exactly. and share.
0: In big meetings, they, um, here in Illinois, we split up into small groups so everyone has an opportunity to share. There it is, like you say, popcorn. And actually a lot of times they have a queue. So you have to like raise your hand and get in a queue. And then they'll cut it off when the time is up. And I had this underlying, this is probably just me, again, being sensitive, but I felt like newcomers especially were not really encouraged to share. So it wasn't until I moved to Alaska, and it was a group of five, so I had no choice but to share, <laughs> that it really changed the dynamic of my my experience in a meeting. Because once I started talking, it's like everything kind of opened up. Because when I was only passively listening before, you just kind of tune out. It's I don't know. It, it was really interesting how that completely changed my experience with meetings.
2: Well, and there's so many different meetings and so many different mm-hmm. formats. And and what I did at the beginning was I went to a whole bunch of yeah. different meetings to find what spoke to me, what worked for me. I really really liked the meetings that were literature based. Mm-hmm because the literature helped me wrap my brain around the what was going on and, and it just going to a lot of different meetings. My sponsor recommended it, I did it, I was so grateful for it. I When I'm going through a rough time, I do it sometimes now, go to a different meeting, yeah. hear something different, see something different and different formats of meetings. Just if you go and you're frustrated, Try it for five meetings. This is what they said at the beginning. Try it for five meetings. if you still hate it, go to a different go meeting. Different. We're really lucky that there's so That's many. That's what meetings. I was going to
0: say. We're, we're so fortunate here to have the blessing of all these different formats because it's not really as widely known. But, you know, it, it, because of technology, things have advanced. So there's call-in meetings now. There's all tif- different types. You have online meetings. You have podcasts that really can, can substitute. I don't think it's ever the same as being in a, in a room with other people. Right. But if you're really in a hard way and you just need to hear the message, we are lucky that technology has advanced so much. And, you know, even though AA sometimes might seem kind of antiquated, I think they stay pretty good on the curve of technology, don't you guys? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I just wanted to add that I did hear in the rooms today, funny enough, because I knew what the topic was, so my ears must have been mm-hmm. tuned in to hear hear this message. But And this is not one of my reasons for going to meetings when I first came around, but it was really important to this woman, and she expressed this without me prompting, without her knowing anything about what our topic was going to be. She expressed that she really came to meetings in the beginning to find the love that she couldn't give to herself, the self-worth and the love Mm -hmm. that she lacked um, for herself and being in a room full of um, women or sober people who encouraged her to... Um, get out of shame and guilt and and because I mean we all come in feeling that way so I just thought that
2: was beautiful that she came to meetings because she liked to feel the love Mm -hmm. well and here's what's funny about that they say that Um, let us love you until you could love yourself except when you're getting involved with people and one of the things that they also say at the beginning is don't be in a relationship or don't get in a new relationship when you first start sobriety which is sometimes difficult um, but sometimes it's not yeah don't look at me I was Super single
1: for the first couple <laughs> of years and nice. Super surprise. single.
0: Yeah, today the topic we were talking about love and, and I've been thinking about this. I have done so much work on my self-care. And Mm -hmm. differentiating between being selfish or self-involved in self-care. And the, the biggest thing is that I'm not going to compromise what I would have compromised even three years ago just to be in a relationship. And if that means that I'm single for the rest of my days, so be it. Because I'm not ever willing to give away something that would not be loved.
2: Well, something I want to talk about bounce off you ladies, is something I heard in a meeting earlier this week and it happened to me when I first came in and people did not people in my life that weren't in the program, weren't in recovery did not understand why I needed to go to meetings. Mm -hmm. They did not understand why I went to a meeting every day. They did not understand why after I was five years sober I was still going to four, five, six meetings a week. They just did not get it. And the whole piece about for me, one day at a time. It's so true. Our mind, uh, this is a a thinking disease. Alcoholism is a thinking disease and my mind can take me in places so quickly that I can't even sometimes realize it's happening. And coming to meetings helps me pull back the reins, stop for an hour, and listen, and be present, and not be caught up in myself. Mm-hmm. Get my head out of my butt for one hour, you know? Right. <laughs>
0: and if you think of that philosophy of one day at a time, if, that's the, if we truly are embracing that, then we're not counting how many days in a week. Because if you need a meeting that day, you need a meeting that day. That doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's five in a row, or ten in a row, yeah. or you know, every other day. It doesn't matter. It's one day at a time.
1: And here's another thought. We go to meetings for newcomers. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We have to be there so they have a place to come and they have hope. And if we just start deciding we don't need meetings and we can do this on our own, then newcomers who are really struggling and they're in a lot of pain Mm -hmm. are not going to have our smiling, shining, laughing faces there to greet them and to yeah. welcome them
0: to hear those crazy laughs and go what is wrong
1: with these people right. why are they laughing
0: like, and that's kind of like the selfless one Yeah, it's like you
2: <laughs> go to meetings to help other people maybe but yeah that was not even on yeah. any <laughs> of our lists. <laughs> whoa, whoa oops <laughs> <laughs> thank you buddy. it did pop in finally eventually <laughs> but, oh, oh yeah. yeah I had it written down but oh, yeah. um, it, I didn't I didn't <laughs> oh we were about to get to that point <laughs> no but what I do think though, still selfish is we selfish. have to to sponsor people and you have to give it away they say if you don't you know all that all that stuff and show people how you get there Mm -hmm. how you get there and answer questions for newcomers and yeah i mean that is a support group doesn't work without the group part well (laughs) and that's the 12 step right yeah (laughs) spread this message to other suffering
1: alcoholics stay just sober saying. help other alcoholics achieve sobriety
2: yeah
0: it's yeah it, it's and, and it's funny because when we do have a newcomer at a meeting we're all like
2: hey like <laughs>
0: it's, it's a little bit scary maniacal smile like hi we're new love. so excited you came let to <laughs> <loving laughs> be our friend We like new people. (laughs) So that could be a little weird, but it's genuine. It comes from a good place.
2: It does. It does. Because we understand how bad it sucks when you first come in. But I still need my meetings today, and I will not, I don't apologize for it. Mm -mm. In fact, my kids encourage it. (laughs) Yep. Especially when oh I'm my. getting crabby. That's like the worst Salty. is when the people in your life go,
1: Do you think you need a meeting? It's like a slap in the face. Like, oh, I'm that unstable, is what you're telling me.
0: Yeah, I do that. Maybe I do that. A Why are you saying that? What's wrong? What do you th- What do you mean?
1: They're that, like that I'm that not trying card? to insinuate anything. I am flatly telling you that you need a meeting. You are crazy. Yeah, there's no, there's no
0: secret message here. No. <laughs> Mm-mm.
1: So, yeah. Well, that was great. Does anyone have a golden nugget? Anyone want to share a little golden nugget from today? Little golden nugget. Hey,
0: hey, nuggets.
1: I can share a little Frodo nugget. I mean, I guess my golden nugget was finally coming to the realization that we need to go to meetings for other people, not just ourselves. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of an aha moment for me to mention that. Yeah.
0: And it's funny because we all talk about when we first came in and um, how we're so scared and so self-conscious and so unsure. And if it wasn't for the alcoholics that preceded us, we wouldn't make it. So, yeah, the golden nugget is we need to be there for other
1: people.
2: Yeah, and, and thank God for the people that unconditionally gave that their time to us, not mm-hmm. just at the meetings, but after the meetings. Answering and that phone. Answering the phone mm-hmm. and sponsoring mm-hmm. and answering the phone 17 times in the Redwood Forest when I <laughs> called in one friggin' day. I was having a real bad day. Clearly. And she <laughs> answered. Thank
0: God she had cell service. Oh,
2: it it's, it's just the, the unconditional help that you can find in these rooms is something that I you can't explain. You can't explain. And how cool is it that we get this amazing therapy essentially for
1: free? Mm-hmm. We are we're so lucky. Mm-hmm. We are mm-hmm. so lucky. Well, if you didn't already get the message, get to a meeting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, not really. Take hate. No, not really.
1: We need you. They need you. You need you. Yeah, so Higher Power's it. got a message for you there. And, and gosh, if you darn it, don't... You're worth it. <laughs> Sorry, Vicky.
2: <laughs> Stuart Smiley.
1: Stuart Smiley. Gosh Do you know who that is? Yeah, Saturday Night Live. I am Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I yeah, am yeah. enough.
1: What? What does he say? I forget the exact... I am enough. I am worth enough and gosh
2: darn it people I, like me people yep. like me yep I, that's not exactly what he says but that's okay something something, something of like. that nature and don't forget please like us at Apple Podcasts subscribe review. send us a review
1: Share. share
0: sharing is caring sharing is caring and tell all your friends and the, the great thing that we're discovering is this is not just a program specific um, podcast lots of people can get lots of really cool information from this because really we're just normal human beings that have a disease but we all suffer from the same problems
1: yeah we're we're all crazy mm-hmm. I laughed a little when you said normal but that's
2: that's okay <laughs> <laughs> have a great week Try out, try out, try out. We here at Telling on Ourselves, thank you so much for listening. Please if you like what you heard, rate, review, subscribe, all those things. We're on social media all over the place at Telling on Ourselves. Can't wait to hear. Bye-bye.